Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're focusing on being WordPress for the Internet of Things. And if you just think about the economics of app installs, it's like $4 per install or so. Yeah cost. Um, I think that that in itself tells you if you need an app or not. You know, if you have, you know, millions of customers, just just uh, do the math. I think it's uh, perfectly obvious that uh, apps will not scale well for most brands on the planet. Retargeting has been doing wonders for e-commerce and we just want to offer a simple tool for businesses to expand that into their brick and mortar um, establishments. Beacon notifications will be in their Omnibox, there, you know, where you type the URL in on uh, Chrome for Android and Chrome for iOS as well. Once they do that, it's basically going to be very challenging for, for anybody to miss be a beacon. You're listening to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beco System with Steve Staffler. Welcome to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beco System. My name is Steve Statler of Statler Consulting, and this time we are talking with Frank Brockman, who is the CEO of Beam, and he's currently based in in Hungary. Um, so, uh, Frank, welcome to the show. Hi there, welcome. So, I'm excited to have you on because this gives us a great excuse to talk about the physical web again. And uh, we we spoke to Scott Jensen a couple of months ago, but uh, we haven't really talked about it since. So. Uh, Today, what we will do is uh, talk a little bit about uh, the, the product opportunities or, or what's required um, to make the most of physical web, because you could argue that you don't need anything if you're uh, basically creating web pages. Um, so let's talk yes, about right. that. Let's talk about, um, you know, you, you've been running a company that's been focused on physical web, so love to pick your brains in terms of the lessons that you've learned. Uh, and um, then let's just talk about the state of the market. And that's something that's always interesting for everyone that's a stakeholder. So uh, sound okay? Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, so um, basically, uh, we're focusing on being WordPress for the Internet of Things. Right now, IoT is, is mostly beacons. Uh, the, the concept of the physical web actually kind of slightly expands that and makes you aware of the fact that this is going to be, uh, you know, advertising, URL advertising is going to be on the Wi-Fi stack as well with Wi-Fi Aware and Wi-Fi Halo. And we also think that uh, Bluetooth beacons are going to be so inexpensive and purely down to Moore's law that these, these devices that can broadcast URLs are going to be so inexpensive very soon. 
that actually you'll be seeing them in the packaging in, in all sorts of areas right now uh, that are not not uh, not in the focus of the physical but in the short short term but this is probably going to uh, majorly affect most business scenarios in the consumer facing IoT so basically what we're focusing on is to provide value to businesses to enable them to engage anyone around through the appless approach of the physical web, which even though it's appless, it doesn't mean that it doesn't create challenges for any business. If you want to have a landing page that, that appears on a smartphone with a physical web notification, you need an HTTPS certificate, you need to pass a lot of uh, technical stuff. I don't want to go into detail, but we spend an incredible amount of time actually reverse engineering Google's uh, crawlers on how they crawl, how, how often do they crawl when you, when you change something. You, you change the title or the description, for example, or change the logo on your landing page. How, how does that get recrawled? When will that appear? Uh, how long does that get to be cached? Things like that. So th there's, there's a lot of things to do. Uh, also, because it's appless, that means that it's the web. And if you have large volumes of people at live events, um, festivals and trade shows come into mind, then you're going to have, in this scenario, you'll have tens, of, uh, tens to hundreds of thousands of page views per hour. How do, you, how do you create the capacities for the short term for that particular load? How do you serve... Uh, terabytes of data for your physical web experience and provide a quick, uh, uh, a quick uh, engagement opportunity. You need a service and basically we've come to the conclusion that this whole IoT thing is going to require the web as an application platform and mostly because of the, the scaling challenges that have been well documented. If you just think of any Scott Jensen talk on, on YouTube, you can, you can easily look into this. There's a lot of scaling problems with app-based approaches in IoT. And we wanted to focus on a service that any business could use to engage their visitors or customers in, in most scenarios. Even right now, we're focusing on places. You know, this is, uh, uh, I think, where IoT starts, but Later on, it's going to be product labeling, um, any sort of uh, retail scenario. I think that even even you know the pill bottle example is a great thing. I mean, you're taking out a piece of paper and trying to read an instruction manual in your language. Well, that's not probably not a problem in, in the states, but in Europe, you you have multi-language uh, descriptions. And it's just not interactive, it's not quick, and also beacons also create an incredible opportunity for, for businesses to measure their own uh, activities or their, or their customer interactions to details that have not been possible before. And that just adds, adds customer value and it also adds a lot of value to the business itself. So that's, that's uh, what we focus on in a nutshell, and right now this is a landing page service for any business to engage their customers or visitors. 
Cool. So WordPress for the physical web, and you're dealing with scaling issues. You've done some studying of the the, the crawler. Presumably, you've looked at the proxy that um, that has been built uh, for Google, which is kind of the front end. Um, maybe let's come back to the, the offering a little bit later. But before we go any further, just remind us why. Um, you know, why, why do you think the physical web is going to be successful? Why, why do we need the physical web? You've touched a bit on, hey, you can, I can have messages coming from pill bottles and potentially from appliances. But just give, give us kind of the recap of why the physical web. Well, uh, to quote Scott Jensen, apps don't scale well. Uh, they cost a lot of money to produce and a lot of time uh, to develop. Uh, basically, those are the two main factors that prohibit uh, the scaling of IoT use cases. Uh, for the pill bottle example, you really don't need uh, the, um, the pharmaceutical manufacturer. You just need some simple, inter uh, you know, simple information. And it's just that that is one of the reasons the web became what it is on desktop, mm -hmm. and uh, we are just that certain that the exact same thing will happen with mobile. And the reason apps uh, became popular uh, at the first uh, stage of smartphones is because the CPUs weren't uh, energy efficient enough. So it's basically Moore's law repeating itself. Mm -hmm. You're never using a desktop email client right now. Everybody uses uh, you know, some browser-based uh, uh, email clients and, and and the same thing will happen with mobile and also you know with the internet of things that this actually multiplies because you're using what 20 pieces of software on your uh, uh, on your desktop computer or laptop computer but you'll be in interaction with hundreds uh, if not thousands of places and and products and devices every month so uh, this presents even bigger scaling issues than that than it was in desktop computing in the like five to ten years ago so it seems to me the i mean the logic for this is compelling it's lower cost uh, you, you can do so much of what you can do in an app for two orders of magnitude less on the web um, right. And the scalability piece all makes sense, but we've got this chicken and egg thing, and and uh, it's taken a decade or so. But basically, most brands now feel like they need an app, and they've almost kind of we need to re-educate them that the, that the physical web can be an option um, as well. And I think this is really appealing for people that aren't like McDonald's. If you're McDonald's, then you can do everything. But if you're a uh, below that level, then there's major costs and opportunity costs that the physical web can open up. Um, actually, actually uh, I think that besides NBA and Major League Baseball teams, probably the only brand that has significant app penetration is actually Starbucks. Uh, and even the, I would challenge you on the McDonald's example, if you look at that, their app penetration, it's just a few percentage points of their total customer base mm -hmm. and they can do everything and they still don't get the results. And if you look at, you know, Taco Bell, Burger King, anybody who's uh, competing with them, uh, they have even lower numbers. 
So, and if you just think about the economics of app installs, it's like $4 per install or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cost. Um, I think that that in itself tells you if you need an app or not. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have, you know, millions of customers, just, just uh, um, do the math. I think it's uh, perfectly obvious that uh, apps will not scale well for most brands on the planet, let alone uh, for small and mid-sized businesses. Um, you know, the, 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 uh, the scaling issues here are not just on, on getting people to download the app, it's then how do you manage the IoT solution. Let me give you an example. Starbucks has about uh, 50,000 locations globally, I, I think. Um, in, in the Internet of Things, you know, right now they have about, what, 30 websites globally? For, uh, in, in the Internet of Things, they'll have uh, web stores or web-based uh, physical web stores for every single one of their locations. And it actually has been reported uh, Starbucks uh, prototyped uh, a few locations where they allowed uh, pre-ordering of their um, of their beverages through the app, but couldn't link it to the inventory, and people did not get their orders. So it's actually the other big uh, possibility for the physical web is actually the really the the major global brands that need something that's easily interchangeable and interoperable with their existing systems. And actually, we've, uh, we've been very conscious of this, and we actually allow uh, our customers to embed um, their backend systems into their beacon landing pages. So if you have a, a backend, a back office or a backend system you want to integrate into your beam landing page, you can easily do that with a simple tool. So you can you can even custom develop your your own uh, own backend and just tie it into the landing page easily. So you have this ability to be more context specific with the, the content in a way that might be challenging in in an app. Um, and I think your point about the lack of success and mass adoption uh, of apps is 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 a good one. It's. Uh, um, it's it's just a real gamble uh, to as to whether your app is going to get adoption at the moment. It, it doesn't. But the odds don't favour um, the retailers in that gamble. Um, but but the you know basically very few people are using the physical web, aren't they? That's the thing. It's yeah. a great idea, but no one's using it. Um, and what what gives you optimism that they will start using it? Google Play services has uh, taken over from the Chrome uh, browser on, on Android. And uh, um, it's been hinted by Google sub at several places uh, that actually beacon, uh, uh, beacon notifications will be in their Omnibox, their, you know, where you type the URL in, on uh, Chrome for Android and Chrome for iOS as well. Once they do that, it's basically going to be very challenging for for anybody to miss be a beacon. Uh, right now, uh, actually, um, 
the onboarding for the physical web is not not too easy as a uh, uh, the Chrome for iOS widget is not something that people easily onboard to. But uh, we're confident that we will will figure this out. It's not some you know it's not brain surgery. It's it's pretty simple UX. I'm, I'm certain that the teams there will do a good enough job soon enough. I think that the reason people have not adopted massively to the physical web is because uh, Google is incredibly slow placed at this because they want to make sure that this does not turn into a spamming platform. And that that's, you know, we support that 100%. We don't want this to be, you know, overly offensive to people. Google does certainly does not want this to happen and uh, they'll just need a few extra months to figure this out. Well, I was encouraged the other day, I was in a pub here in San Diego talking to someone about something, nothing to do with beacons and they just asked, how do you earn your living? And I talked about beacons and someone who was at the table listening in our, on our conversation said, oh yeah, the physical web. We hadn't talked about physical web. We just talked about beacons and they said, Oh, physical web. Yeah, I was in a jewelry store the other day and they had a physical web page. I, I, and that actually just my head almost spun when, when I heard that. It's mm -hmm. anecdotal, um, but it just gave me uh, a little jolt of optimism that was, uh, was overdue. Um, let's go back to, to your offering. So I, I, I want to you know, tell us a bit more about, you talked about being WordPress for the physical web. Why can't I use WordPress for the physical web? Uh, mm. and, and because that allows me to create mobile pages and I, I can get hosting that, that scales. Um, um, what, what else is there to, to be done? Well, what we realized uh, with the physical web that actually if you want to uh, have this hyper-local instant interaction, that is actually completely different from a mobile website. I was actually talking to an American beacon manufacturer a few months back, and he 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 gave he he gave this description that one of their customers uh, has a, a website. They even have a mobile website, but what they would want to have on the physical web is actually incredibly relevant to just a single point, a single location. So just to continue on with the Starbucks example, uh, in that case, that is going to be ordering and payment for that exact store at that exact location at that exact time. You know, the coupons or the promotion that you want to have there and then. That's basically uh, what we add to a um, CMS is timing. We enable you to create cards, uh, place them on a time scale. Uh, basically, it's a, a calendar. And you can actually time any content and interaction piece accordingly. Mm. You know, this might be, you know, your morning menu at McDonald's or, or, or a coupon that's only available in certain hours. But it can also be your presentation at a conference for just the time being of your talk mm -hmm. or a Q&A for the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. Those are, that is not a mobile landing page or a mobile web page. That's actually something for then and there. Mm -hmm. 
that, that actually we think requires a different approach. And that's why we developed a specialized tool for it. Okay. And so it's the context specificity that uh, it's the, those hooks for, for adding context that are, are key. Um, so, I mean, you've been getting some good experience. Can you give us a, a tell us about a case study or what, what can you? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tell us from your lessons learned. Well, uh, two weeks ago, we uh, just wrapped up uh, the Table Tennis European Championships. Uh, we provided uh, live scores on mobile and uh, player bio bios for all the players who are were at the tables at the given matches. Um, um, that was the main interaction environment we wanted to have. Uh, we covered uh, the main hall of the, of the stadium um, and uh, the, the uh, beacon for every table. There were a maximum of eight tables that uh, were present uh, during qualifying matches and obviously as uh, the tournament progressed it got down to a single table um, and then we used the beacons to broadcast the live scores on mobile and the play player bios accordingly mm -hmm. but uh, just an interesting uh, add-on to your question is why would this be relevant for any business? And I think that this is also something that needs to be uh, better understood by potential customers. Is that with the uh, Beam landing pages, you are able to embed your uh, Facebook pixel tracking code and your Google AdWords remarketing tag mm -hmm. natively mm -hmm. to these landing pages. So you can basically uh, build your custom audiences uh, from the people who you engage at your live events. And actually that's uh, what we are looking into with the ITTF, the International Table Tennis Federation right now, is how to do a year-round uh, deployment of all of their major events um, and getting to know their live event visitors much better. And, you know, retargeting has been doing wonders for e-commerce and we just want to offer a simple tool for businesses to expand that into their brick and mortar um, establishments mm -hmm. basically so basically that that's one of you know that's a business driver that can adopt beacon adopt you know can enhance beacon adoption is that you know beacons are not for themselves in this sense so that's actually 
retargeting, we think, can drive massive beacon adoption because it, it can really add business value to any, any potential client. That makes sense. So um, did you get a sense of uh, the adoption at the table tennis tournament? Yeah, um, I cannot talk about specific numbers as I'm under an NDA. I can give ballpark estimates. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know that or, or if, uh, if any of you know that, but uh, in Europe, uh, iOS penetration is much lower than in the States. It's uh, hovering about 10%. We actually got somewhat lower numbers, but still uh, significant iOS usage which was uh, actually pretty encouraging. Um, uh, Android use is above uh, 90% and we experienced about the same. It, it, it's a, it was interesting to see that there was a lot of Android 6 users. So actually, uh, um, that is actually above the uh, Global, global Android stats that we have. So actually, you know, I would have thought that Europe has, uh, you know, um, more Android 6 users than the global stats, but actually, actually there, there has been a lot of encouraging data on that. Uh, total engagement numbers were, well, the ballpark estimate I can give is between uh, 15 and 40% of the daily visitors. Uh, actually, yeah, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Uh, even though this was the week where uh, physical web notifications were moved from uh, from uh, Google Play services back to Chrome. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if you've read about it, but uh, uh, beacon notifications were turned off on in Google Play services. Uh, due to a bug in uh, the GSM core, Google Messaging Services core, mm -hmm. and they'll be uh, turned back on once uh, the new version of Google Play Services is launched. Okay, so that was yeah. happening right in the middle of your tournament. That, that, that was yeah. fun. Um, yeah. And what did you do to make people aware of the fact that there was this physical web opportunity? Uh, we did a uh, lead wall video that uh, would, would uh, make people understand that they need to have the physical web app and turning Bluetooth on. And we also did some brick and mortar signage okay. uh, of, uh, of how to onboard. And uh, also uh, the speaker was instructed to uh, continually repeat the onboarding message uh, during the tournament. Uh, actually, uh, come to think of it, we couldn't, we should have had more. We should have had more of this, uh, and you probably cannot get enough of that. But the real trick here is to have some mobile exclusive um, customer value. Uh -huh. So actually, that's one of the things we're working on uh, with the International Table Tennis Federation is to have some sort of social game or some sort of uh, of uh, table tennis specific uh, uh, tool that will allow them to engage the, the uh, spectators at any event. And that's actually, I think that uh, probably uh, NBA and baseball teams also focus on, on these sort of things. I would imagine that um, uh, doing a lot of this does wonders for your uh, penetration numbers because, you know, people, you know, table tennis is a, an incredibly fast-paced sport, so 
we weren't expecting a lot. And actually, I think that with other sports, like we're talking to some um, uh, some businesses in the athletics business, uh, athletics, athletics would require probably a lot less um, uh, onboarding messages because the live scoring is just so much more important in a stadium where anywhere from a, you know up to a dozen uh, things are happening at the same time. So mm -hmm. you're basically uh, competing with screen real estate live at the stadium. And that's if if the stadium has a lot of screen real estate, it makes it challenging. If it doesn't have a lot, like open air stadiums, mm -hmm. then it's much more easy to to onboard. I think. Well, that's a really interesting observation about uh, yeah. If you, that's that can add some real value. Um, any other things? Any other lessons learned? Any things that you would do differently? Uh, um, I don't know, probably. Um, you know, I would have consulted Google before, probably because uh, we really had a couple of uh, all-nighters because of the changes mm -hmm. of uh, reverting back to Chrome. Because you know, the Chrome version of that did the beacon notifications again, rolled out uh, on the second day of match activities. And we thought that it was going to roll out to phones in Hungary as well, but it only rolled out on the next Monday after the event. So we actually we did the brick and mortar signage twice because we were we thought we need to instruct people to use Chrome, and then we realized we needed to instruct people to download the physical web app. Oh my goodness! So so uh, that. That pushed a couple of all-nighters, but there, you know, we were at the point of no return for the deal by the time we learned uh, of, of this thing happening because it was less than a week before the event okay. mm -hmm. and we couldn't get enough information from Google. But, you know, we don't expect, and actually I'm not, not, uh, I'm not really worried about uh, all the backend services because uh, the rigorous testing that Google does with the Google Play services is going to, you know, continue to produce high quality software. And uh, you know, I don't expect this to ever happen again. Cool. Well, um, let's. Uh, two last questions before we wrap up. One is, um, we've been talking about what you've been doing. Any thoughts about other players in the physical web market? What are you seeing that uh, interests you? Well, there are a few companies uh, who are, I think, pretty, uh, following the same line of thought mm -hmm. of physical web that you do require a different CMS and, you know, WordPress is not going to satisfy your needs. Um, I, we, we really encourage competition in this, this sense because uh, there's still a lot of innovation that needs to happen before... Uh, uh, before massive adoption happens, and just to give you another example, we uh, we also have a, a zero configuration at Easton uh, beacon um, technology that allows you to set a custom forwarder to a beacon, uh, and then you can program that forwarder inside B. Okay. So that basically allows you can you can buy or pre-program these beacons yourself, or you can buy beacons from us, 
And then uh, you can start editing the landing pages for those beacons while the beacons are in shipping to you. And then you, all you need to do is turn the beacons on and you're good to go. So that, 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 you know, that completely seamless and uh, completely programming-free uh, flow has to develop. And there has to be several players for this to, to really encourage, um, you know, competition needs to be uh, upkept so innovation uh, yeah. can thrive. Well, and it seems like um, most of the big beacon players are now support it. Uh, the, the, I think the latest Proxbook uh, Q3 report said that 50% of the beacon providers do, but you look at the, the big guys and they all, they all do. So there's no issues there that, 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 that I can see. So that's good. Yeah, and if you think about the kind of numbers that Google Play Services has or Chrome for iOS has, you know, you're capable of reaching over a billion smartphones with Bluetooth on. And one other thing to add here is Google's measuring about 65% of uh, smartphones with a Bluetooth turned on all the time mm -hmm. and grew 15% the last year. So I think we can we can uh, expect to get somewhere around eighty percent within a year's time. So finally, whenever we go to sales meetings, we won't have to talk about Bluetooth being turned on or off. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, the Apple headsets and uh, just more of these IoT uh, devices, watches, and so forth will uh, will help um, uh, dispel the urban legends about battery drain and so forth. Yeah. yeah. So before Correct. we sign off, I've got to ask you a little bit about where you're based. So you're based in Hungary, and of course, um, it's American tradition that we don't take any notice of anything outside of the state. So just give us kind of our 101 on um, where you are in Hungary and uh, you know what's life like there as a, as a, a high-tech entrepreneur. Um, uh, we live uh, just south of Budapest in a, a university called a town called Page. Uh, which actually has a lot of history and tradition. Uh, actually, uh, the first uh, settlements were around uh, this area around 6,000 years old. And actually, the city of Pages uh, ha has existed since Roman times, even before Roman times. So uh, there's a lot of history here, a lot of ancient buildings, and... Uh, um, there's a vibrant uh, university community here with thousands of foreign students and also about 30,000 Hungarian students. So it's a really lovely place to live. And actually, we're doing our best not to need to move to anywhere else because, uh, um, you know, work-life balance can actually be, be perfect in a small town like this. And, you know, with uh, the Internet, you really don't need to you know, nobody has time to talk anywhere else but uh, over the internet anyways. So there's, it's really hard, you know, really you don't need to move. And we're, we're doing our best uh, to stay here as long as we can. Well, you've lectured at the university there, which has got a really long history. It's, it's like one of the first uh, universities yeah, yeah, in Europe. It, it was one of the first universities in Europe, yes. Uh, was uh, founded in the 14th century. Yeah, correct. Amazing. 
Well, cool. I'm really glad we got a chance to talk. Uh, great to hear uh, about what's happening with the physical web. So, uh, um, so Frank Brockman, uh, CEO of Beam, thanks a lot for, for coming on the show. Thanks, Steve. So what, what's the music that you would take to Mars with you if you were on one of those uh, space trips? Oh, um, first uh, uh, album would be some Mozart. Uh, we were, uh, af after we brought our newborn home, we listened to a lot of Mozart with the newborn. Uh -huh. uh, that kind of reminds me of, uh, of the two weeks of not working at all, hardly, hardly any work. It was the end of August, so I couldn't work anyway. Uh, and yeah, that, that was really it's, um, harmony. It was pure harmony. Wonderful. Uh, Listen to progressive metal music. Uh, there's a French band called Gojira, uh, and they have a new amazing album out called Magma. And that probably that would be, uh, or, or they have a new live album also that, that is just excellent. And even for, you know, uh, for non-metal fans, uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's something worthwhile. You know, did, you, being, did, you, go ahead. did you describe it as progressive metal? What was the genre? Uh, yeah, that's, that is the genre, actually. Oh. It's, uh, it's, uh, I would describe this music as the direction Metallica would have continued on if they would not have become their own cover band. <laughs> so basically, I don't know if you. I, I was a huge Metallica fan when I was I was a small child, but they just became their own cover band, and they they are still they are their own cover band basically. As they in, they hard. just didn't progress. They were just kind of uh, remining the same formula. Progression, and what's also not going on is that they've made like uh, since 1991 they made five albums. All together, that mm -hmm. studio albums, and they just take more and more time to produce a new album. Uh, their new album has been in the works for eight years now. <laughs> so actually, it's really interesting. I, I never would have thought that. I don't even know any other French metal bands, and and they're just really interesting. Very good. And what's your third yeah, choice? They live in New York, actually. Uh -huh. Um, Wonderful. And your third choice? Um, there's a, a progressive metal band called Mastodon from California. Uh -huh. You've heard of them? I have heard of them. Yeah, I don't think I've ever listened to them, but I've definitely heard of them. Um, even for now, that I would suggest for any anybody who listen to rock music because it's not really even metal. In that sense, it's, it's really just progressive rock music. Really, uh, their lyrics are pretty blurred. They're not too strong, but the music itself is just great. I, I'm going to listen to some Mastodon after this. Yeah, please do it. <laughs> very good. Thanks very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.